Hello and welcome to the CPD Group podcast. Join us as we guide you through all things CPD, interview some special guests and offer advice to help your business thrive. We hope you enjoy listening. Hello everybody and welcome back to the CPD Group podcast. We're in part two of a three-part series here talking to Wayne Bynon from HCR Law about all the legal implications behind our accreditation services. So welcome back, Wayne. Thank you for having me. Again, thanks for joining us. It's good to have you in here, mate. Lovely. So our trainer accreditation, what we're doing essentially is scrutinising an individual's training background. We're looking at their CV, we're looking at their qualifications, their competencies within their chosen subjects. Okay, so we, we want to be able to make sure that that trainer can prove and demonstrate that they are proficient in their field. Once we've actually approved a trainer for accreditation, we provide them with an NFC card, which holds all of their credentials. All they need to do is to tap this on somebody's phone and drop their details into somebody's contacts and then demonstrate all of the subjects that the CPD group have accredited them to deliver. Okay, so Wayne, looking at our trainer accreditation then, one of the biggest things that we look at and we talk to trainers about is, you know, yes, their skills, their qualifications, those kind of areas, which are extremely important, of course, but also them as a, you know, when they're trading, when they're actually working with clients, we ask them to demonstrate to us that they have particular policies in place. You know, so there are a variety. I mean, I've got a list of them here. You know, we talk to them about different policies, such as even the cookies on their website, for example. If they have a website, have they got their cookies in place? Because they need to have these simple things, you know, to make sure that they're trading as a professional. We look at data protection, obviously, which we'll just touch on in a moment. I mean, I know we discussed that in part one of, of the podcast when we were looking at the provider application, but I think it's important to kind of reiterate that point. We look at equal opportunities, the malpractice policy that they have in place between them and the learner. Safeguarding as well, if they're working with young people or vulnerable adults, you know, they have a code of practice. And then finally, another thing we'll touch on is their professional indemnity insurance, which we, you know, is an important part of the application process for us. So, you know, on a kind of general basis, when a trainer is looking to kind of start a business, you know, go out on their own as a trainer, you know, why is it so important that we're asking for these policies to be in place, especially the data protection? So we, we touched on this um, uh, to some extent in the first part of this series, but the trainers that, um, that are working with you are effectively holding themselves out to the world as being experts in their field. Mm. So... It's, it's vital that um, they, they are experts, that they keep themselves up to date with their, um, their, their, their training and their knowledge, but also um, that they have these policies in place to protect themselves and the businesses that they're part of or they run to ensure that, um, as you said, everything from you know, uh, data protection, privacy policies, all of these things that it might appear on their on their websites are fit for purpose, up to date, and protect their business and ensure that they, um, uh, when they interact with um, the individuals or the companies that they're delivering training to, that they have all of these policies in place and that they are professional organisations that have taken time to consider all of these these points and address them um, in a in a very bespoke way. What I, what I the main point I'd make here is that when you talk about these policies, like the privacy policy, like your data protection policy, like your terms and conditions on your website, 
there's rarely a one-size-fits-all approach. And so it's, it's vital that they look at the detail, look at what they're providing, uh, the risks that they face and what they need to protect against. And again, you know, without wishing to plug the legal profession or HCR law specifically, the best way to do that is to get input and advice from um, specialist lawyers who can help you with the wording around those policies and ensure that they're fit for purpose. Great advice, definitely. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned there exactly the point that we, we do, that people need to, you know, make sure that they keep themselves up to date. I mean, it's part of our uh, accredited framework for trainers. Okay, so we make it very public. We put it on our website and it's the kind of things that we're going to be measuring people up against as and when they apply to become a trainer with us. Okay, so we look at everything from about you, their CV, all of their certificates. You know, we need to know the regions that they're able to deliver in, uh, evaluated, delivery. All of these things are part of the framework. And part of the, the, the framework, as I say, is deed development. Okay, so what we look at there is for people to make sure that they are keeping up to date with their own CPD because it's incredibly important that, as you say, they are specialists in their subjects. If they, you know, qualify and then they just let their knowledge kind of lapse over time, they're going to be delivering information to people that might not be quite accurate, you know, in the modern day. So it's important that's that's part of our framework and they adhere to that and follow that and keep themselves up to date with their own CPD. Now, the I within our accredited framework, this is the bit we we're going to touch on again. And again, I just want to make it clear to the viewers, Wayne is by no way an insurance lawyer, but he is able to give us a kind of an insight from a professional standpoint on this. You know, so I for insurance. We ask as part of the, um, the trainer accreditation uh, application for people to give us and you know, tell us their policy number and who their insurance company is around professional indemnity. Now, can you tell us what professional indemnity is and then also why it's so important for people? Okay, so professional indemnity insurance is a specific type of insurance that protects against um, potential claims professionals may face if they provide advice that's essentially negligent. So um, in a number of professional spheres, including the legal profession, um, we're obliged to have that um, uh, professional indemnity insurance in place. And it, like I say, it protects against protect the, the worst case scenario. If, um, if a client, for example, relies on advice provided, that advice turns out to be negligent or wrong and the client suffers um, a loss as a consequence. So the same applies in the, in the training sphere. Um, your trainers are holding themselves out as experts in their field, and so there's an expectation from those receiving the training that the training that they're receiving is accurate and up-to-date. And in the event that trainers provide training that, um, that is not accurate or is out-of-date or is wrong, um, and those receiving the training rely on that to their detriment, then your, your trainers could, uh, in the worst case scenario, potentially face claims, damages claims, money claims. So it's vital that that in professional indemnity insurance is put in place to, uh, to guard against that risk. Now, um, as I touched on in the first part of this series, there is no one-size-fits-all policy that, um, that's out there that's appropriate for all professionals when they're offering their services. So again, my key tip here, uh, that whilst I'm not an, an insurance lawyer by any means, is for these trainers and these organisations to get advice either from their broker or an insurance lawyer so that the cover they secure um, goes no further than is necessary but adequately covers the, the services that they're offering. Often the insurance industry can um, 
look to put in place policies that go above and beyond what um, what training providers might need. And so it's important that you know your, your trainers are not paying uh, too much for their insurance policies and, and getting a, a cover that simply isn't required. So they can actually save themselves some money by obtaining appropriate advice in this area. Yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good bit of advice because saving money for a new startup training company or an individual trainer is important. Yeah. You know, and but doing things correctly is even more important. Yeah, and the, the building blocks are really straightforward. You look at what services you're providing and then you put the cover in place to, to cover the potential risks that, that you face as a consequence of providing those services. It's, it's really no more tricky than that. Yeah. I mean, we have, um, you know, a lot of providers that deliver into the beauty and aesthetics industry. And, you know, when we have courses that come in, such as dermal fillers, things that are injectables, you know, we, we class that as an invasive treatment. You know, so they are trainers that are delivering training in the invasive treatment sphere. OK, so we ask them to sign an additional policy with us, which is our invasive treatment policy. Now, I know that we haven't ever shown you the policy. You don't know what's in it or anything like that. So this is a bit on the spot question for you, to be quite honest. But we you know we constantly have people saying to us but why why do you need us to do this but it's important for us to make sure that we've got measures in place to keep them protected we're not here just to try to put hurdles in the way of people we're here to actually help them be the best they can be that's ultimately what our goal is so you know would would your advice be to people just read the policies ask us any questions that they have and then, you know, and ask us why we're, we're actually asking them to sign this policy. Because for us, it's really important. For them, it's really important. And I know, again, you've not seen this policy or anything that's in it. But would you advise people to, you know, adhere to these kind of requests or, well, I mean, you know, read the policies first and just ask the questions? I mean, what would your advice be? So, so the starting point that it's a really positive thing that the CPD group are requiring its accredited members and trainers to um, uh, to look at their policies and ensure that they're in place and that they're they're adequately covered. That I mean that's just good sound advice. Um, now what the what the policies say and de- are designed to do that needs to be con- considered on a case by case basis. But the very fact that you're encouraging all of your members to take a look at these things encourages these organizations to run run themselves and their businesses in a professional and competent manner so that when they when they present themselves to um, potential tra- trainees or um, the market um, they can demonstrate that they've taken these steps and not only does it demonstrate to their customers the potential customers that they've um, they're operating their business in this professional manner but it also adds value to their own business because it's, it, it strengthens the core of their business, it's more robust, it's um, better protected against potential threats that might come along. So as they grow and they're on their journey, and they might seek um, additional funding or finance to grow or create some sort of kind of step change, one of the things that banks or lenders might look at is, are these core documents that underpin any given business. And if they've got them in place, they've got something more, far more robust to say, yeah, well, we are, we are protected against this. We are future-proofed and we are, you know, we, we are thinking about these things. And it just sends a positive message that they're running their business in a professional and competent manner. Excellent. Thank you very much. Well, that's going to wrap up part two of this three-part series of the, the podcast here with Wayne. Okay, so join us in part three, where we're going to be looking at protecting your CPD activities and some some sound advice from Wayne about what you need to be thinking about when producing training materials. 
Okay, so if you haven't seen part one, go back and have a look and then have a look at all of the information that Wayne shared about being an approved provider with us. But now we're going to say goodbye and join us in part three. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the CPD Group podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more helpful content. See you soon. Before you go, did you know that you can receive a free CPD certificate from listening to this podcast? All you need to do is head over to the cpd.group forward slash podcast. That's the cpd.group forward slash podcast and enter the confirmation code 800014.